You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of BoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hi, Savannah. How are you? I'm good. Today is a really special episode. It is a special episode. We don't have many of these and we don't do it too often. But before right. we get into that, I just want to tell you I did something super amazing that we will talk about next week. But uh, wow. this week, I actually did a very special photo shoot. And uh, it's, you know, Ooh. I won't give too much away, but it was uh, in the more risque arena of photography. Oh, how? Hey, hey, hey. And now. A little boudoir shoot that uh, Savannah did uh, the first time ever. Nice. It was very empowering, very feminine, and like sensual and amazing. So uh, just as a little... FYI about uh, upcoming episodes. That's going to be definitely our topic for next time. And just I'll just go through the whole process and like what happened and how cool it was. And um, you've seen some pictures, and oh, um, I have. You have, and those were just selfies. <laughs> so, but I looked at you as a sexual object. So you objectified me. I did. That's okay. And I like just like <laughs> thought about you in a different way. Uh oh. All right. Well, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as you get your therapy about that, we'll come back to I it. I know. Okay. But you had to give a little tidbit. So to even the score. Okay. I want to talk about how, what do I want to say? You know, we have limited time. How you doing? Ah, oh, I just ah. wanted to say that. That's okay. it. Now let's get on to the show and all why right. it's so special. It, this is very special because this is a young individual that I see all the time, um, almost every day. They are an amazing person and their story is super interesting to me because it is one of the components from our, my second book that I'm not super versed on. And mm-hmm. I really don't have the personal experience to really understand what to say about it and really where to come down on and have any expertise about. So what I wanted to do today, this lovely person agreed to join us on air from a secret locale. And uh, so I'd like to introduce to you a lovely, brilliant individual, young person named Sage, or SG. And uh, I would like them to introduce themselves to us. Yes. Hi, that's me. My name is SG Sage. I see Savannah on a near day-to-day basis. Uh, I'm I'm the coffee maker. My pronouns are they, them, or she, her. Not really a preference. It's just a back and forth, pretty much. That's me. That's you. How did you come to migrating from a a specific indoctrinated she, her to discovering more of a they, them? Yeah, um, it was a long, arduous journey um, filled with lots of repression. Definitely did not want to believe um, that I could be non-binary. It just took a while. I guess it started with just like general gender questioning. Um, but I knew, like, I knew I wasn't transgender, like as in like a trans man, because I valued so, like my femininity so much, but at the same time, I never felt like a woman. And on top of that, I identify as a lesbian. And so 
for a while at the start, my thought process was, well, I can't identify as non-binary if I'm a lesbian. And now I've gotten to the point where I like understand that for me personally, my identity is non-binary lesbian. And that's, that's totally fine. So it was a lot of, uh, it was mostly just mental back and forth. I had a really great support system who were all willing and ready whenever I was. It just took that step of being comfortable to like actually present myself um, using they, them pronouns. And then the following, um, playing with my gender expression, like outwardly. I want to say as soon as I bought a binder, I knew immediately like, oh, this is, this is right. This is comfortable. This is where I'm supposed to be. Do you bind every day or is it an expression of when you're feeling more masculine versus not? I guess it is sort of a, when I'm feeling it, I would every day, but binders are very finicky as far as how long you wear them and how badly they can mess up your back, which I did not take seriously when I first started binding. Uh, lesson learned. I quickly realized you wear that thing for too long. Your back will uh, make you pay for it. Um, so now it's uh, more of a when I need it. Like, for example, at work, um, I'll wear it sometimes, but I'm going to be wearing it more outside of work when I'm actually presenting the way I want to present, not just like in work uniform. Understood. If there was no downside, would you bind yes. all the time? Oh, absolutely. Um, my goal is to get top surgery eventually. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Yes. So in terms of, again, I want to keep on the relatively on topic of the they, them, the kind of the pronouning, but we need to know more about you, but you don't consider yourself a trans man. So what do you see yourself as gender-wise? Um, I would identify as non-binary. Like there's, you know, trans mask, trans feminine, and I still have such a tie with my femininity. Like I still consider myself leaning towards that side of the spectrum, but obviously I don't feel tied enough to the concept or the presentation of being a woman or like a cis woman. To me, it really is just like smack dab in the middle of everything. There's no one way to be, uh, I don't know how to describe this. No, you're uh, describing it beautifully. Yeah, I identify as non-binary and there's not really any more to that. Like I have ties with femininity, masculinity. Let me ask you this question because you and my, you may come from completely opposite ideals. I'm very mm -hmm. binary in my presentations, either as Chuck or as Savannah, as you've seen in both, both entities with no interest no real interest in like medical augmentation or hormones or anything like that. So mine is purely a internalized gender identity of duality and then an external expression. However, I can make it work with either corsetry. Hey, so I feel you about the binder. Corsetry is not much better if you wear it too long. So I definitely see that, but you seem to have, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, that yours is the, the duality internally uh, for like gender fluid people, it's like, hey, I woke up today feeling this way. Do you feel that you're along those lines of like whatever the day is makes you like want to present in a certain way? Or is it really like you're trying to find a, a very specific balance point of like, no, in real life, in my everyday life, outside of the, the necessity of work and other things, that you would always want to present in a very singular way, identity-wise? Um, to me, it's... Hmm. To me, it's like... Even if I'm dressing, like presenting more masculinely or more femininely, I don't want that to affect the way I'm perceived as far as gender presentation goes. It sounds like from what you're saying is you are who you are. Yeah. Like it's like a, it's like a up and you are who you are. That's a really good way of putting it. 
and it doesn't have to be male or female because you're not you're you're in the middle of both worlds you've taken the time to separate which i'm really working on and i have a 10 year old daughter who i'm i'm telling i tell her i'm i'm still working on this but that gender and sexuality are two different things there are different concepts you identify as a lesbian and you're non-binary and i think the idea of being gender fluid or the idea that one day we wake up feeling more this or more that it's easy for me as a cis woman to understand or someone that's learning about this to kind of understand but also talking to you i realize you're still who you are whether you decide on this day to dress more mask or more femme you're still who you are you have both worlds that are inside you that represents kind of the person that you are and it sounds like it's not this fight to convince people of who you are and it's really important that you showcase this masculine expression because you know who you are you know that somewhere in the middle you know that top surgery is the dream of the future and that is who you are there's no need there's no need to put it in these boxes or to get rough with it and and to explain it to people it is what it is and i think that all of us gen xers or all of the people that are learning we're trying to learn this this way of being this way of existing and it's just it's just who you are that's the simplest form this is who you are you're in the middle and you are competent and comfortable and a beautiful non-binary they them being mm-hmm. you put it well, very so well is comfortable with the she her yeah no i think you put it very well it's i've gotten to the point in my journey where i'm a lot less dealing with the like internal battle which has to do with you know support system where i'm at my own part like my own personal development but at this stage in my life it really is a, no matter how i'm dressing no matter how um, i choose to present that day um regardless of whether or not someone's using she her or they them those are words i'm i'm still non-binary i'm still me i'm still presenting the way i am and i still am the way i am so at this point in my life there's not really much of a conflict about it anymore which is Thank God, because um, it took a, it took a second to get there. Yeah, well, Ad, could you uh, share with our audience how old you are? I am about to be twenty-four in just a couple months. She's twenty-three such right now. A baby, such uh, a baby, half my age, and already way ahead and more wise than I'll ever be. Uh, see, that's why I say I'm going to be twenty-four instead of saying I'm twenty-three. I'm very excited. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I mean, <laughs> uh, Julie and I talk about this all the time where um, I've struggled for so long on my own without the support system that, that you are lucky to have and should have, obviously, with the people who love you. Where you're at is why I admire you so much. And when I see you all the time, just let you know, they have beautiful, beautiful purpley locks, like curly locks, just amazing person. But we talk really? all the time. Does she? I'm sorry, everyone. I totally forgot there are (laughs) listeners. Yes, we are looking at beautiful purpley locks. Yes. So, like, we've talked about it, and they wear a pin. Depends on if I remember to have that. uh... Right, exactly. And I will tell you this, and this is something I've actually struggled with. I find it more difficult for myself to say it in person um, unless I see you all the time. And then you get used to it, and you start adopting that. So uh, this week when um, Sage and I were trying to connect with a little social media and our emails, make sure we were able to get on today. I still struggle. I still called you she without you there. And then the, the person I was speaking to behind the counter was like, 
they just like had it just banging. They, 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 them, them, them. Like really, I think this generation that you're in is uh, this younger generation is so more easily able to adopt than us old folkies who like kind of. But they, they are a she. So if you slip and say she, you're not slipping. You just learned that Sage is a she as well. So that is right. So the people, the baristas next to Sage are, are feeling very protective, but you're honoring her and their pronouns. I yeah. am just, I'm just trying to say that I do my best to be yes, mindful of people great. when you are presented, um, you know, somebody tells you, either tells you that they are they, them, she, her, or whatever the pronouns are, or based on your pins. I knew that going in prior to us having a closer relationship, that that was preferred based on the pin I saw on your lapel. So for me, I'm always trying to be mindful and I do slip up more often than I think I should based on who I am in this community. I'm I'm the same way I was just gonna say. I also feel that exact same way as someone who does identify as uh, with pronouns that I was not born with. Every time I slip up, I'm like, I'm literally in the same boat. How could I do that? Exactly how, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. I think it was, I mean, Julie's right too, that we slip and we should just be, and then move on and just try better. But it's like somebody like me, I was like, I should know better. It's like, why do I, why is this so much a struggle for me? And again, that's a me problem. But thank you for at least saying that even somebody who identifies as they, them still may have problems outwardly, uh, you know, telling it to people. It would take a lot of courage and kind of be rude and, and interrupt the flow to turn to the, <laughs> to turn to the barista next to next to her and say, well, actually it's also, you know, they're actually a she pro like that would interrupt the moment and, and kind of make it awkward. I'm just saying like you were right also. Yeah. Now I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends who like to tell other people when they ask about me uh, that I prefer they, them over she, her entirely out of protectiveness. And I get it. Um, but at the same time, as long as you're trying and I go, I go by the, um, this applies to everything. I go by the, the, the three, if you, if you get it wrong, you apologize, correct it, move on easy peasy. Don't make a big deal out of it. But for you specifically, you're, you're all good. Okay. Is what I'm saying. But to go into the way that my coworkers talk about me, the way that they can flip between she and they just in conversation casually is what made me so secure about being able to present that way. Because I was so certain, I was like, I'm being such a burden on people using both and then telling people that I don't, that I like both because they're going to be like, well, why don't you just pick one? Mm -hmm. But hearing people in my everyday life actually respect that made me realize that I'm not being out of my mind to ask that kind of respect. And and everybody should ask for that respect or should everybody who has earned that respect should get that respect. And it's not something you demand, it's something you earn, right? But yet at the onset, we all should get a decorum of respect. Again, thank you for giving me license. I appreciate it. I do try. And that was the point I was making. I said, do try. And then on the heels of that, prior to this meeting, I was like, well, you know, does Sage look at other things like adjectives and modifiers as uh, overtly feminine or masculine? And how do you feel about that when you've described in a certain way? Like I called you a lovely person. I said, you have beautiful locks. In some ways, those could be construed as very feminine adjectives. So I was just curious, like, how do you feel about that when people are in conversation with you or describing you in a way that may be more feminine or more masculine? 
To me, it really is words. Like it's all flattery, you know, it's a compliment. And regardless of whether or not it's got more feminine or masculine connotation, um, to me, the important thing is whenever like someone says, like describes me, like for example, to me, the most important thing is what's following the compliment. Like, oh, you're such a lovely person, human being. And the effort to not say girl or woman because uh, I was born female and I would be a liar if I said I was not like, it's easy to misgender me. I lie very, I tiptoe the line of femininity, as I like to say, um, which I enjoy. That's how I like to present sometimes it doesn't affect like who I am but like people going out of their way to still describe me as like just a person a human that's what's important to me so calling you a beautiful person totally fine totally fine yeah and again and that's all I again I struggle with and then like it wasn't just the pronoun it was the everything else that Julie and I actually in a, a recent episode talked about all the labels Mm-hmm. Of things that def- are defined uh, stereotypically as feminine or masculine, like aggressive versus nurturing or submissive versus whatever. And so, again, like in the background, I'm like, oh, would you be offended if? And again, I, because we've all seen the GameStop uh, footage of that person that was misgendered and they went off the deep end because that was the last straw that the attendant called them a sir. And again, it, that is a bad example of what people who are misgendered deal with. Um, it sounds like you are very comfortable and confident in who you are. And the wording is not necessarily as slicing through uh, in a negative way. Like for me, I'm the same way. If I show up as Savannah and Julie says Chuck or my girlfriend says Chuck or he or whatever, like in storytelling, I don't really mind. It's like, But if I'm presenting as Savannah and they say he... I mean, it may hurt just a little, a little bit more under the surface, but not as imperative. Well, this was something that I wanted. I was telling Chuck as they were walking their, as he was walking. See, this is perfect. <laughs> as he was walking his dog, I'm so involved with both Chuck and Savannah, as are you. And so, for me, just on the daily with the coffee thing. So, so for me, when I talk with, let's say, my business partner Kate. Sometimes it just feels natural and normal to just say they. And I, I've said this last night to Chuck, where I said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm being offensive or I'm not respecting your pronouns, but I'm in California right now. And our deep emotional relationship involves two entities of who you are. So it just feels natural. But am I not honoring you? I, I don't know. So that's something that you and I. Savannah have kind of talked about that, that flip-flop. And I know that in the beginning of our friendship, I came up with like a hybrid, like it was like Chuck (laughs) Vanna. And it was something that you let me do because you're a loving person. It was something that like you told me you weren't offended by, but you said like, you know, this isn't something that I want you to like share with like, you know, whatever, like have them call me that. I'm like, because <laughs> they're like two people in my life that are very, very close to one's like a mother figure. And the other is Kate, my business partner. And so I've had to kind of undo that name and be like, it's Savannah. <laughs> but but for me, again, I, I flip flop between Chuck and Savannah. It's very interesting. Um, 
so I want to say that. And I also want to say that my business and my job is to help uh, male cross-dressers and, you know, transgender women present feminine, you know, get the tools they need in terms of gender expression, also to help non-binary teens like across the, across the spectrum. And I think for me, when I meet someone who identifies as a crossdresser, it's very easy. In the beginning, we did a lot of she, Kate and I, in our in our speech, just talking about the clients and you know what's how the lookbook is, how the how the style map is, and how it should look. And we've kind of shifted to very much like a they them situation behind their back. And I do I think that they'd be offended if they knew. Not really. I, I feel like it feels like a kind of safe space to be in. Mm-hmm. Do I try to use she, her pronouns with them? More feminine language with them? Yes, of course. Because even when we're meeting on Zoom for the first time, and they're not presenting as their female self or feminine in any way. I'm the one person that may see them as such. I'm the person that when I'm connecting with their spirit and thinking about hunting on the internet and finding stuff that is quote them, get it? (laughs) It's really important that I see their feminine spirit, that I express their femininity, that I use all the she, her pronouns. I guess I don't have any questions for you. It's more of just a discussion that I wanted to participate with you in because it's just this very strange world I live in where I haven't necessarily IRL met someone who identifies as they, them, but it's very much, it feels like a safe place to kind of lean in terms of just communicating about people, all people. Yes. And and Sage is one of those people who, to me, kind of epitomizes one, a youthful next gen perspective. Sure. And I, again, I am not versed in my pronouns, like uh, other than for myself, but I don't know why people would adopt the they. Julie's adopt, adopted they for me because she has yeah. to talk about two people. Whereas for myself, I'm like, nah, I'm either he or I'm she. So for me, I, I didn't understand really the them. You said it was a process to get to uh, she, her, they, them. Obviously you started with she, her, but the they, them. Is was it easier for you because of the world we live in, like having the other people come before you with those pronouns? Tell us about that uh, ease or difficulty of aligning yourself that way. To me, it was definitely the people around me because I grew up smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt, very conservative parents. Not that I didn't like, I still believe in Jesus and I carried that with me. Um, but at the same time, I felt like I felt different and I knew that something was different. And I knew by middle school that I was gay and experiencing that, experiencing that turmoil, I think pushed me further into the closet as far as gender presentation goes. Like I had already figured out I was gay um, and it took until I was, I want to say 20, 21 to finally be comfortable enough to even dip my toes in the world of questioning my gender because I was so terrified I was going to find something was just going to make it harder to accept myself and I did at first I figured it out and I was like this is a nightmare I would much rather just stay in the closet for the rest of my life than have to deal with this and the people around me didn't let me do that and I I owe it all to them I had moved up to the upstate by then and I owe it all to the people around me all my friends my roommates Mm -hmm. who were constantly there for me constantly 
like validating my feelings. That is amazing. I would love to deep dive into that in and of itself. Thinking about what you just said, which I think is so poignant and impactful is that you were prepared had you not had validation to just say, listen, it was enough of a struggle to deal with my sexual identity. And now to be like, not to pursue this other thing, even more othered, quote unquote. Um, So I totally feel that. uh, And I'm so proud of you and proud of the people around you for lifting you up to your truth, which I think is amazing. Thank God. Yeah. All my friends, all that therapy. Oh, yeah. It's the sweet spot, the people who raise you up versus the people who raise you. You know, I, I feel like if I didn't have my soul sisters, my friends, my community around me, I wouldn't know anything about myself, who I truly am. My mother and I are estranged. She was a narcissist. My father's dead, but none of them could see me because I was different. I was quirky. I was an artist. I was dyslexic. I was, you know, all these other things that were brought shame on them. And I feel like, thank God you had the family you had that be like, no, we already see you. We already see you. And we're going to pour this love and light onto you. And you're, you've always been this person to us. And so having you get comfortable in that love light, it's just, it's so important. It's everything. And thank God you had that, that, that warms my heart. It makes me want to cry and just thank the universe for these chosen families that we have, especially as, you know, queer culture, when we're ousted by our families, like, where do we go to be human? Where do we go to give us a reason to live? I'm just so thankful that you had such loving people to say, no, this is who you are. And now let's lovingly take your hand and let's, let's be by your side as you explore all these truths of yourself. I, I have so much appreciation for all of the friends who sat with me while I sobbed wondering why I didn't feel like a woman like I can't be non-binary I (laughs) that's too much I don't have time to deal with it and at the time one of my roommates was the was often the end of my gender identity crisis and she was always like no matter what happens like it's gonna be okay like you're allowed to like we're still gonna love you we'll still respect you And then all the questions I would get as I was exploring my identity, specifically about how I wanted to uh, like be referred to, even when I wasn't certain, um, it was still a question like, are you like, are you good being referred to by she, her? Like, is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? Mm -hmm. Lots of, lots of constant validation really led to me finally being comfortable enough to like accept myself. Closing this up in a bow. You are comfortable with she, her, or is it to make us comfortable? I am comfortable with she, her. It okay. took a minute to get to the, to the conclusion that I am, but I like, I have enough ties to my femininity that I still prefer she, her, as well as they, them in equal amounts. I, I have tried so hard to figure out if it's any sort of like one or the other, but to me at the point I am right now, and maybe it'll change at some point. Uh, but for right now, I. I like them both. And they don't make me any less non-binary. And we love yeah. you completely. Love you. love you guys too. Thank you so much for coming on our show and educating both of us and, and this beautiful audience. It's really important that we continue this discussion with kindness and with, with love and with asking questions. So thank you for being here. And we can't wait to find out 
how you're doing and to just have another person in my, in my beautiful world that I can learn from and that I can know. No, thank you for having me. This has been great. Yeah. I wish we, honestly, I wish we did have more time. Thank you for educating me on things that again, I am the first to admit I'm not uh, versed in because it's not my jam. So, so have you just like trickle in a little bit of dropping knowledge on me uh, is fantastic. So I will see you soon. I will see you potentially tomorrow. We'll see. Potentially. I I will. You know what? I will Mm. make a point to come see you tomorrow as Savannah. Jealous. (laughs) And I can show her some more boudoir pics of myself. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, I'm so good. (laughs) I saw a sneak peek. All the pictures look so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, thank you so much. So I'm going to let Julie lead us out. So long, farewell, Avita say adieu to you, adieu, 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 goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, bye for now. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. The Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor. Copyright 2022. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends. Tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening. Give it a five-star rating or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.